Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Men's Mental Health Show here at 89.1 RBM FM. Uh, just as we always do each week, just uh, say a quick thank you to the people that throw their support behind the show, um, namely all manufacturing personnel, recruitment and labour hire in the manufacturing industry. If you need something made or would like to work in the manufacturing industry, why not give us a call? Uh, we've got plenty of jobs at the moment. We're looking for CNC machinists. Uh, they're We've got Storman, there's um, a number of positions available across the board in manufacturing. Give Craig Beachy a call, 0416 700 870. Also too, to Mounties Group, who've uh, been sponsors from uh, day one, pretty much. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's been a funny old week. Uh, weather's sort of turned. It's sometimes here in the mountains when we get a couple of cold days, a few people tend to think that there goes the rest of the warm weather. It's all gone. When I don't think we're going to see that again. But, you know, things do change. and um, Almost on the hour. Yeah, and we've got a pretty good guest today. But first of all, I'll just say good morning to my um, good mate and pal. And like a local psychotherapist, Bodie Marsden. Bodie, how the bloody hell are you? Oh, it was a good question. Um, now, what's on my mind at the moment is um, what could be a positively framed question... Um, or a, a question that has a negative perspective in it. So, are you feeling good today? Uh, might elicit a response. Mm. And if you said to me, "How bad are you feeling?" I would ha- might have another response. All right. So All right. The, the question that's posed to us um, can influence profoundly our response. Yeah, the way the question's structured. You're saying, yeah, 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 yeah. exactly, okay. exactly. Yeah. And I just love that little bit of sort of. Uh, 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 brain teasing, you know, you know, when we think about uh, loaded questions yeah, versus yeah, yeah, yeah. diagnostic questions. Yeah. Um, so, um, but anyway, this uh, client, um, he said to me, I've, got, um, I've ditched my friends for the last 18 months because I was in love with my addiction. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And he's gone through treatment and he's gone into a program. He's come out the other side, he's confirmed that he's an alcoholic. He's doing uh, AA and um, oh, he's kudos, re-engaged. Man. Yeah, kudos. absolutely. Yeah. He's re-engaged with me. Um, anyway, he said, he said um, "I'm trying to figure. Uh, I'm load. I've got a lot of anxiety about reconnecting with the friends I dropped." <laughs> and then he said something really interesting. He said, "I heard once that uh, a friend comes into your life for a reason, for a season, for a lifetime." Okay. Okay. Interesting. So, isn't that interesting? For a it reason, is. for a season, for a, a, a life. friend. Okay. I'll, Drops in either for a reason yeah, okay. or a season say, or a lifetime yeah. or it becomes that. They come in for a reason, <laughs> they, you know, and it, just, it evolves into a yeah, lifetime. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we had a really quite a profound discussion about um, friendships um, and how important they have be- has become to him. Um, yeah, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. particularly um, in, the, in the sort of, you know, ring of... Um, Frustrations that yeah. one might have in a lifetime that good friends dissolve yeah. those frustrations that one is lifted, yeah, um, lifted by yeah. the Lord. You know, I mean, that's a song. That's Van Morrison. That's Van, that's Van, Van, Van Morrison. But, you know, I mean, it's what's interesting is um, what friendships uh, do for us and significant friendships over a lifetime. I just think it's just sheer gold. You know, what I mean, we we don't talk enough about um, how substantive that is as an anchor yeah. in our reality. Yeah. Anyway, uh, all um, I, I find that really, really interesting, and 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 you know because a lot of the time, I think the way <coughs> the thing is now we, we communicate via 
me- messaging to to our friends. We very sure. rarely call. Really, that seems to be the way to go in the last, I don't know, half Ooh, a dozen years or so. If I knew it was a deep dive, yeah. I would have brought my budgie smugglers. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> you know, and, and, and sometimes when I'm going into work or if I'm driving into Sydney, which I often do, I'll go, who, who can I call? Okay, yeah. And I yep. get sort and I sort of sit in that area of discomfort again going, oh, no. Yeah, it's been a bit... Oh, he might be a bit... No, he won't answer. She won't... You know. Okay. But but we, I think I need to do more of that. And I understand his anxiety surrounding that. But yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah for sure. That he's, he could come out and say, I've fallen in love with my addiction. Yeah, yeah. But then to come out on the other side, you really do need to have those social interactive skills to help you with your triggers and, and all such. You know, because boredom is the biggest issue sure. that addicts sure. have you know yeah, yeah, when yeah. it comes to big time yeah. you need to yeah. fill your life with something yeah. and guess what it usually is yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. something a bit unhelpful yeah, <laughs> yeah. <that's right>. generally <laughs> but we're, we're, our guest today is also a presenter here at rbm and he has a show on uh, saturday evenings i think it starts at six um and uh we've we've been in, and, he, and he often talks about our show and absolutely it, which is great so i thought it'd be nice if we perhaps got uh, Brendan Murray to come on and talk to us a little bit about his journey. How sure, you, man. Mate? Yeah, heaps good, man. Thank you f- kindly for having me. I appreciate it. It's our pleasure. It's extremely strange to be on this side of the desk. I feel like I'm all lost. Like I want to just touch the desk and do things. Yeah. And you're doing it all. I feel like I'm out of control. I, I can't do anything. I don't really do a lot of uh, adjustment here. And to be honest with you, I'm I'm, I'm not as uh, as as I guess across all the. You concentrate techniques. on levels. Yeah, just like, <laughs> to get the levels right and see if we red line. Sorry, I'm a bit loud, so right, I'll right, try and. Okay. We'll no, you good. have to adjust me as we go. So, so mate, where did, where did you grow up, Ben? Brendan, what's uh, what's a little bit about your background, your childhood, and and where you are today? Sure, man because I was going to give you a bit of a background to it as to why I do plug your show and as to why I thought it might be appropriate for me to jump on here. So I was born in Bristol over in England and uh, came over here when I was six years old in December 1985. Yeah. Been back and forth a couple of times. Uh, grew up first. Uh, we lived at our uncle's place for a year um, and I went to Cox's Road Public School with a heavy, heavy English accent which was interesting as a kid. Uh, we then, well, mum bought a house in Borker Mills in Sydney, so we went there, and I went to St. Michael's Primary School, and I was gifted the nickname Blackadder. Uh, oh, by because you had a lot yeah, of cunning yeah. plans? <laughs> Don't get me started on cunning plans and Baldrick. <laughs> <laughs> I have a cunning plan, slack bladder. Exactly right. <laughs> because obviously back then, we're talking... Jeez, what, 87, 88, that sort of time. Yeah, um, Blackadder was the the big, you know, BBC comedy, yeah. um, which everyone was into. So, Absolutely. of course, I still had an accident at that stage. So, I was Blackadder, yeah. and I was fine with that and had a reasonable time uh, through primary school. And then most of us went from St. Michael's to Gilroy, which was in Castle Hill. And, man, at around... I was a pretty active kid, you know, swimming, riding bikes, all the rest of it. Yeah. Reasonably... Normal, had friends, no problem. I was able to talk to people, it was pretty easy. Um, and then went to high school. Year seven was all right, but in year eight, I noticed something was a bit off. Oh. Yeah, I realised that I really didn't dig it. I didn't dig the structure of it. I didn't like having to do religion. I didn't like having to wear a uniform every day. I sort of wanted to do any of the subjects I wanted to do. And next thing you know, as a teenager, I'm like, why do I feel down all the time? Why am I unmotivated? What's it doing? 
Mm. And this is the kind of early 90s we're talking about. Um, 92 was year seven. And I thought something was off. And I used to avoid school and all the rest of it. And my main takeout from that was let's play basketball, let's go bodyboarding, let's do like physical things to just pretty much, man. And I didn't dig go on there and the the teachers knew something was off for me, but there was no real support in the school because I didn't know what was going on. Mm -hmm. And everyone else around me seemed pretty straightforward and pretty normal, but I knew I wasn't. Mm. And um, yeah, man. So was it an attention thing? I mean, like, you know, concentration or what uh, What? Where, what was falling well, down? It's funny. If I was into it, I'd do it. If yeah, I wasn't, yeah, okay. I so just wouldn't sounds... go. Right. Yeah, I'd literally right. just walk out of class and go home. Yeah. I was a chronic yeah. truant. Yeah. Okay. Chronic. Yeah. Real bad. Yeah, just didn't dig it. So, of course, I didn't know what was going on. Didn't really have any counsellors or anything like that. So, basically, I turned to the next best thing. Let's get onto some drugs and do that. Yeah. And that's what flicked the switch in my head. Yeah. And all that horrible hydro stuff we used to smoke. And I think that's what switched me. And then I'd started to spin out and get a real strange in the head and mm. thought, what's going on? And You end up psychoanalyzing pretty yourself, much. don't you? Yeah. And I thought I was very much an outcast. I was never, ever physically bullied because I was a fairly big dude and lucked myself. But I was emotionally bullied. And then that became a very unpleasant place to be. So mm. I avoided it even more. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'd pretend I was going to school and then I'd literally just not even go. Yeah. And then, you know, your circle of friends change and, you know, you're not communicating (sighs) with your parents and you're wouldn't even say I had one. A recluse almost. Is that right? Well, I mean, it's a very interesting um, uh, feedback, you know, when when, when you start avoiding things. um, I did because I found it unpleasant so I wouldn't go because I had the power in myself to not go. Yes. Yet the things I enjoyed, I'd go to. Yes. So I had, you know, three basketball teams at once. So I had friends through that and then I had friends which were like let's go smoke drugs friends which is mm, never yeah. good mm. and they all had normal lives with a mum and a dad and everything like that and I sort of didn't because mm. you know my mum was single she divorced dad um, before we even came to Australia right so and she was a high school teacher ironically and knew most of mine <laughs> which wasn't ideal when I came home she's like do you have any homework no yeah bullshit yeah, yeah you do <laughs> yeah. so that was kind of interesting but yeah, I knew then something was off, but there was no one to tell you what was off. Yeah, yeah, that's right. How long did it take before someone said, there's something not, not right? So I left school and I did sort of hospitality work and yeah. I did all these, because when I'm on a high, and I've got what Spillo's got, the same thing. So when I was on a high moment, I did all these hospitality jobs and sales jobs and retail jobs. I can talk to people and be all outgoing and everything because I had the confidence. Yeah. But that only lasts so long. Mm. And the higher you are, the lower you go after that, uh, which I okay. found to yep. be the worst <clears throat> thing because mm. you, anyone with bipolar will tell you mm. everyone loves the high because you're invincible. You spend, you go there, you don't need sleep. Mm. You can speak to anyone about anything. You can mm. figure everything out, mm. even the most difficult problem. Yeah. Is easy. Yeah. Right? But then all of a sudden, almost overnight, it feels like for me, it ends. Mm. And then you're like, what have I created? Mm. Okay. What, what have you, I done here? Yeah. Like, what? Have you got brothers and sisters? Is nope. there, there a history Just of me. it in your family at all? Or? Uh, my dad was classified with what they called manic depressive. Right. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. then that got yeah. relabeled to bipolar and became, I hate to use the word mainstream because I think that cheapens what's going on. Yeah. 
Yeah. But so he had that. Oh, so they, I think make, it's, they make such a big thing out of labels these days, especially, don't they? I know. So I think so, I probably inherited a bit of that. So mm-hmm. so how did you, I guess now, we've moved, say, into your early 20s, what, how yep. did you start to handle or deal with this? Is it still through substance or, you know, like, and how well, do you I, pick yourself up to go to work? If you're, mate, I gave away drugs because that was just making yeah. me off the, off yeah. the rails. Mm. Then I found alcohol and I thought, this is great. This just deadens everything. This yeah. just deadens all the edges yeah, and the worst drug of them all. softens everything yeah. and yeah. helps you sleep and chills out your anxiety because yeah. then I had anxiety issues because the problem was when I'm on that massive high, yeah. as I said before, I can talk myself into anything, yeah. but it doesn't last forever. And then people at work start going, what's wrong, man? What's wrong? And the worst thing to say to someone is, what's going on? What's wrong? You've changed. Yeah. So then in your own head, yeah. you go, oh, crap, I have changed. Yeah. What okay. the hell? Yeah. Everyone's noticing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I yeah. need to create... subconscious thought, isn't it, Bates? Sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, officially... Um, and again, I saw a psychologist and had cognitive therapy and things like that, which is great in theory, mm. but when you're sort of... You're either on fire or really not on fire, it's difficult to maintain and difficult to put that into practice, you know? Sure. Like, it's all well and good to tell you how to do it. Yeah. Um, but it's difficult to maintain. Yeah. But so if you're in the trough, isn't it? Uh, it's very hard to actually remember yeah. um, a, a piece of a structural advice that might have been given to 100%. you. 100%. Yeah. 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 It's there. Yeah. But then your focus is on, yeah. why do I feel like this today? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Why? Exactly. It, it's, it's, you know, we talk about it quite often and, and you can you're aware or you know what to do and yes. myself I do this show and I quite often fall into those bad habits of not applying or utilising those skills you know there was once we had Gary Sims who's the chief uh, superintendent here at Katoomba you know remember, remember well he we, still is now he is yeah oh, okay. we, we, had, we had Gaz on one day and I said Some mistakes can be the greatest things in life you know and then Gary you know quite promptly said to me he goes not if we're still making the same ones over and over again. You know what I mean? And, and that's what it can lead to. Yes. These, What's the definition of insanity? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Making yeah. the same mistakes over and over again. And hoping for the, that, the same outcome. You know? <laughs> <laughs> or or hoping or not hoping for. That's the thing. Yes. So officially, and that's the thing, I, I know I'm still <laughs> bouncing back and forth, not really knowing what's going on. Um, oh, mate, I think I've got the world record for how many full-time jobs I've had because... When I'm on a high, I'll talk my way into it, do it for a while, learn it super quick, make friends super easy because I'm on that high and then it ends and then I don't even want to go and I won't even tell them. I just won't turn up on a Monday Uh, because I can't face it. Yeah, Yeah. wow, wow, wow. And then I go back and then I'll find another one. Yeah. The same thing happens again. Um, Now, to make a bit of a segue to what you were saying earlier about the season, the reason, etc., yeah. I've actually got really good mates which I've had for more than 20 years yeah. mm-hmm. and recently I almost talk to them every couple of days yeah. one's in Sydney one's in the Gold Coast one's in Tasmania they're all spread around they're yeah. all married with kids I mean I'm 43 mm. I haven't done that well not that I know of mm-hmm. if I get a letter or an email one day I'll uh, let you know yeah. but, uh, so their lives are extremely different but Having that connection with people that know what you're all about is super helpful. So mm. I just wanted to back up what you started with mm-hmm, and having mm-hmm. people that understand, be able to talk to them about it and nothing shocks them because they know me. They know my patterns. They know what's going on. Yeah. And even radio... They accept that in you, you know. Yeah, man. see these many good qualities about you and, you know, it's, it, at least you're not boring. 
Yeah. <laughs> most of the time, I'm I'm pretty like in the middle most of the time. Fortunately, I haven't had super ups or super downs, yeah. but I tend to have more of the super ups than the downs. Well, I like to think I'm in the middle as well. No one agrees with me. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my mute button? Let's have a private conversation. No, just kidding. Yeah. But it's funny. What I've actually found with radio, and this is why I dig RBM so much, is that for me, it's a bit of a therapeutic thing, and it's mm, something to yeah. look forward to. Because, I mean, I don't have a full-time yeah. job at the moment. I'm looking for one, but, you know, unfortunately now, everyone likes to background check you. And if yeah. you've got one bad thing in your past... Like Luigi and the goat. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? I, I understand what you're saying. But that's a, that's a terrific point that you make, is it's something to look forward to or purpose. And that's, it is. It's such... We, we talk about it a number of times on the show, don't we, Bodie, about yeah. <clears throat> purpose or having that thing to look forward to. And Absolutely. It's, it's so easy to be critical upon yourself saying, it's, I find it hard to retain friendships or a, a job, um, but having that thing is, is so important. Why is mm. it it's such an important thing to have, particularly for, for us blokes? Well, um, again, it's that positivity argument, you know. I mean, if you've got nothing to live forward to or look right. forward to, um, you know, the world actually starts to become grey and uninviting. Um, whereas if you've got something that sort of sparks you up mm. and that sort of stuff, there's a, there's a confidence in that, you know what I mean? Mm. And, it, and it, it gets a dopamine hit and it's a se- sense of relevance. Yeah. So that's why it's so, uh, so, so, so powerful. Yeah. But, but I want to come back to what you were saying, uh, Brendan, about, um, you know, if you've got a mark against you because uh, you had an episode Episode, um, when you when the experience of your mental health issues were florid, were full on, yep. um, and um, that keeps on sort of coming up as red flags to other others. And what's what's really interesting in that is um, you can never escape that black black mark. Mm-hmm. If people keep on thinking. Uh, that's still the same person despite your protestations I've really actually come through a heap of stuff you know what I mean Mm -hmm. I've grown up I've I've got my I've worked out how to be me consistently Um, um, people don't want to buy into that they actually want to stay with what's historic what what is the red flag that's actually showing up now that that means that people all I mean basically uh, most of us um, have fallen over yeah. Um, some of us have been smart enough to hide it. Some of us yeah. have been, have had parents who have actually paid money to get rid of it. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Some of us, we just snuck in under the radar so our black marks don't really show up. Um, but those of us who have had a black mark, um, that's like a stain forever. You're marked mm. with the cane, the mm. mark of cane. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And, and in Ooh, a society, how appropriate. And in a society which is judgmental and, um, yeah, uh, and risk-averse, Mm. It's painful too because whatever you've done since the age of 18, and like I said before, I'm 43 now, yes, I had a little bad tiding of things happening, but they remain. Now, it used to cost, and this is a fact, it used to cost a company about 650 bucks to do a background check on someone. So they wouldn't bother. It's Mm. a cost to them. Mm. They'll take you on face value, right? Mm. You meet with them, Mm. you've got the right experience, you've got a good resume, you rock in there. You make a good connection, they dig you, they start you. Yeah. Now, it's like, oh, we just need to do that because that's what the, the powers that be say. We need to back around and check you, which so is you, really bad, yeah. man. So have you... I mean, look, I've, you know, I've, I've done bad things as well. But, um, and, and, and I, yeah, it's free and now, it, man. This yeah, is the issue. It, it is. It's free so for it's, them to do it. So I always find is, is to get ahead of it, you know, get ahead before they do. And, you know, say something like, you know, I... 
X amount of years ago, I, I did something pretty silly, but you know, I, I don't look back at that as a regret anymore. I actually take it on as a, a thing that's well, positive to me because I've learned so much from it. Here's you know? the thing you're damned if you do, and you're damned if yeah, you don't. Yeah, that's right. For yeah. example, I was sent because you know sometimes they don't check, you know. So exactly, but yeah. if you bring it up and say, "Oh, by the way, if you do this, it mightn't read well," they automatically think, yeah, "Oh, yeah, what's yeah. he hiding?" Yeah. So you kind of want to leave it to the very last second. But if you've gone somewhere, met with people, gone through all of that, I've been—I would have had a full-time job more than a year ago, but yeah. they had to background check me, and they didn't even have the nads to say why. Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. they didn't even tell me why. Because if you read mine, it reads really bad. And trust me, yeah. I'm not a bad guy. I'm a completely pleasant guy. Ask yeah. anyone that knows me. Yeah. I just went through a little bad phase and did a few silly things. But yeah. once they charge you, it's there. And then nothing you can do. Yeah. And it yeah. just sits there. And people will read that. If you read mine, you would think, holy smoke. Why Why is yeah. this guy not in yeah. some kind of asylum yeah. or, yeah. you know, in Alcatraz or something? Is it eight years or ten years where it's... No, From 18, it just sits there. Yeah, I can't know that. Yep, it's a serious there. charge or something. But, yeah, it's, it, that's a pretty horrible It sucks thing to, because it, it holds you back. And I it mean, brings you down as well, man. That, you know, because, yeah, then you get... Each other and, well, you could say it makes you disappointed with yourself. But then again, yeah. that was a while ago. And you're moving on. You're trying to get somewhere and yeah. do something mm-hmm. and have a purpose. And a purpose is a massive thing. Yeah. Because as we said before, boredom is the worst thing. Yeah. If you have some kind of addiction or whatever, with gambling, drugs, booze, whatever it is, yeah. you go, what am I going to do today? I've got nothing to do today. You'll get your phone. Oh, well, I might as well go here, do that, yeah. buy that, do this. And then yeah. you're just in this cyclone of, yeah. you know. I mean, I'd, I had a domestic matter <clears throat> over 10 years ago, well, 10 years ago now. And, and that still hangs over me. I mean, my yeah. background is real estate and I don't think I'd be able, maybe I can because it was domestic. But, you know, I know that that puts up a bit of a flag for, yes. for that. But, you know, I'm, I'm working with, with all manufacturing at the moment. And, you know, I mean, apart from the fact I know the guy that owns the company, Craig Vici, um, you know, I was very clear to Craig about my past and my... And he also knows about my current physical health and mental health situation. Yeah, so there are good guys out there. It's just about remaining positive. But you take more blows, and when you're getting blow after blow, it's, it's you know... And then exactly right. Down, they put That's the where I'm sitting at the moment. Which yeah. again, I come back to. So what? What's, having this to, yeah. to look forward to, and I, mm-hmm. I spend all week figuring out what tracks I'm going to do, yeah. how I'm going to make it flow. We do jazz, we do hip hop, we do drum and bass. It's mainly drum and bass. Yeah. And yes, if you recognise the voice, yeah, that is me. Um, and yeah, it's a thing for me to do during the day. You know, because yeah. I, I put them all on YouTube. I figure out what's going to go with what, and then I'll play it. And I have to make sure my phone is charged because my show is international, so I get South Africans and Americans and Pommies. Yeah. Um, they're like, oh, great track, do a rewind. Play this next week. Oh, what do you think about this one? Da, da, da. Yes. So it's engaging. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're, you're giving joy to people. Like one of my regular listeners and a good friend of mine is actually a paraplegic. He has no use of his hands. He's in a wheelchair and he's a carer. Yet for oh. him in South Africa... Yeah. It's his morning, so he tunes in and listens to drum and bass. I send him shout outs, and it makes his day. Yeah, he well, often mm-hmm. takes his dog to the dog park in his wheelchair, and the dog's hopping along, and he's listening to me. And he sends me photos of him enjoying himself in the outdoors, like yeah, it's really giving joy to people, man. Yeah, you know, I don't just do it for me, which is where I dig it. Yeah, it can be kind addictive. I tell you what, I, was, my mind's buzzing with as we're talking, listening to you talking, is. Um, you know, we, we've got to really take hold of, uh, particularly uh, 
for uh, young men who can actually sort of fall by the wayside um, and then sort of kind of recover and sort of become really, really great people. Um, you know, that, that the mark is not carried forever. And I sort of kind of, sort of, I was, I was riffing in my mind about, so what could we do here? So, you know, from a social policy or a kind of restorative justice policy, could we begin to think as a nation um, that mm. someone who hasn't offended um, in a given period of time mm. has a chance to make a case mm. to a, a regulatory sort of board or something mm. um, about um, uh, the steps that they've taken to reintegrate um, and the skill set that they've actually sort of identified and developed that's useful for our society. Mm. Um, um, that uh, that and, and there could be a probationary sort of period but the bad mark doesn't show up, you know mm. what I mean? Because um, mm. you've got to be able to start again. I mean, the whole basis of religion was forgiveness for Christ's sake. Uh, for, yeah. for God's sake. <laughs> you know I mean? That was the best pun you I've better, heard all day. You better be eating fish. And you didn't even mean that pun. No, I, know, I know you didn't. No, no, <laughs> but, 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 you know, I'm sort of wild, wild with, with excitement about yeah. the possibility yeah. of redemption That's and right. actually starting again. Yeah. And, um, and, and, I, and I, I just think that there's a creep of punitive... Judgment going on in yeah. our society. Yeah, it, it's creeping more and more. Um, so we're becoming first t- Old Testament sort of uh, style yeah. uh, nation rather than the New Testament, which was basically a, uh, yeah. well, it was an enlightenment at, at that. And, and we've never really fully been able to implement, yeah. um, you know, the, uh, uh, some of the, some of the gifts that came out of all of that story. Yeah. But I would like to see us have. Um, Second chance, third chance, fourth chance—you know—opportunities yeah, to yeah, actually sort of yeah. kind of be, uh, to be reintegrated into our world. And one of the things about mental health is the stigma that's been associated with it. Oh, so yeah. we're starting to say yes. We can own it a little bit, you know. People will say, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Uh, you've got a mental health illness rather than get up life, you know, I mean, that, uh, the old judgment response. But we haven't gone far enough to, um, in, that, in that area of recovery uh, to facilitate the person's um, uh, triumphant re-entry into the community. Yeah. You know? And I think one of the things we could do at a society level is um, create mechanisms by which that can happen. Um, and then I'm sitting here thinking, well, what about all the brothers and sisters who have had, had bad marks against them? Let's bring them together through social media and let's get a, 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 a make a submission to Parliament mm. and let's actually mm. argue for um, you know systems that actually mean uh, one can re-enter. Um, so, so, so I think that in our society, it's it's the voice that um, has a voice mm. um, uh, that that causes wheels to turn mm. and. The individual by themselves is powerless to actually push the monolith mm. Mm. of public opinion. But you get a good group of people with a solid idea yeah. behind them, um, you're suddenly talking, ah, we better mm. listen to these people. Mm. So mm. I'm sort of saying, yeah, brothers and sisters, if you're listening to Brendan's story and going, yep, that's me, yeah. uh, start thinking about um, um, bringing together, you know, coming together and, mm. and bringing your voice to the table. Yeah? yeah One yeah. idea. It's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing that you said there, Bodes. And um, you know, I often say towards the end of the show, uh, let's not be so quick to judge. Yeah. Um, giving people the benefit. It's actually, if you're the person that gives somebody the benefit or, or a second chance, it's quite humbling. It's... It, um, you know, uh, you know, there's certain things, certain industries, I guess, like in real estate or in, in stockbrokers or whatever, 
where it's difficult because you're getting keys to the home or you're dealing with somebody's, you know. Exactly. They... And, and I understand that. But, you know, like I got, a, I got a text message yesterday from a chap who's just come out of hospital. He's been in rehab and I said, I'll help him find a job. And, you know, he's gone off and I said, I've just, he was four days out. I've checked in and, and I said, how's things going? Well, the message I got back from him was, you know, I would have been better if you gave me a job. Like you said, you would. What's going on and everything else. Oh, and, man. and I could have just stopped. I could have, there was three options. I could have just ignored it. Or I could have gone back with haste, and the way he spoke to me was really out of line. Mm. Or I could have done it diplomatically, or just said, "Well, hang on, there's a reason why it's like this." And, and I chose option three. And and I said, and the way I structured the words, it was a very short text in a sense, but it took me about half an hour to write it because it was really careful because particularly with text messages, people can misconstrue. They the are words, such right? a dangerous thing, and, and this so, is why emojis yeah, come into yeah. it because if you just say, for example, if someone sends you. 10, 12 lines and you read through it and you're busy and you just go, okay. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. that's construed as, yeah. oh, you don't give a crap. Like, what the hell? Yeah, exactly. That's how it seems, yeah. even though it's not that way. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. And, and, um, so, yeah. Anyway. What was the eventuality uh, for, what was the outcome with that one anyway? I can't, I can't remember. Anyway, I, I lost my train of thought. Um, oh, look, so I wrote back and I yep. said to him, look, you know, um, you know, it's really, it's, it's not my responsibility to be chasing you up for a job. It's you that is looking for a job. Um, you know, I, I did mention to you the prospect of a job, a possibility of a position, yeah. to which you didn't reply, and it was on the text thread, and I attached what I'd said to that. So, you know, and, and, and this guy has pretty good skills. He's, you know, he, once he's up and running and he's on the right track, um, the previous company as we've said, he's fantastic. They had serious um, yep. you know, aspirations for this guy. And so I think that's a, ma a really you know, a amazing point that Bodie made about let's not be so quick to judge. Now, I'll tell you another, just a very quick story. A friend of mine when he was 19, he's not, I don't see too much of him anymore, but when he was 19, he killed his girlfriend in a car accident. Okay? He's charged with manslaughter. Um, he did five years for that because he was raising. Um, and he was a number of operations. He's now, and I can't say his name or the firm, he's now a leading partner in one of the biggest law firms in the country. And he's got right. too many people that can become partner that have had manslaughter charges. Now, whether they know that or not, I don't know. But he mm. managed to get a cost. cost him an enormous amount of money, but he uh, is able to have his name taken out. So when they do a search, it's not there. Now, that's why I thought that after a period of eight to ten years, I think that's what it is. But... Getting ahead and, and, and saying, you know, look, there's many good good skills or there's many... What I can bring to you as opposed... And this can be for a friendship. It can be for a job. Yeah, man. It can be family. What I can bring for you... I've, I've had many fallings out with my father, you know. Um, and I know I'm a bit intense for him at times. And, you know, he won't answer the phone for a few days. Well, what's going on? You know, and he just needs a break. And I understand that. But he eventually always takes a call because he knows that I, I, I'm a pretty good guy deep down. You know, he's got a pretty good son. He's, he shows support and he does show love and he does help where he can. So I think that's, yeah. This is the problem. That area. It's an assumption. Mm -hmm. Like whether they've met you or not. Judgment and an assumption. Yeah. It's an assumption of, look what this guy's done. He's breached an ABO. He's got common assault. Common assault these days can be, I walk up to someone and go, I can't stand your shirt. And I do it really intensely. Yeah. 
that can be a common assault. Mm-hmm. And the cops will give out AVOs like it's lollies, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then if you do one bad thing, someone calls them up, they take someone's word for it, you've breached it. That goes on to your record. And then that reads really bad. Yeah. So yeah. I'm having... Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm having to now, and this is just a personal story, mm. is look at the application, go through the whole thing and almost contact them beforehand. But like I said before, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Yeah, It's like... Yeah. What is he hiding if he wants to know if we can do a background check? And I think yeah. people should be more transparent when they post a job on Seek, for example, and say, part of our recruitment process is the following. Mm, okay. We do sure. require work offences. We might do a, a national police check. If I see that, I'll just go, no, it's not worth it. It's not worth yeah. my time. Let's not do it. Yeah. Now, I do have a job provider through Sailink, et cetera, who are quite understanding, but they're not fully understanding. All I do is speak to them on the phone every fortnight, and yeah. I keep telling them, I get seat to work for me, for example. So I've got three different parameters, right? So I'll get sent jobs which match my skills. Mm. And I've got great references from here. I mean, Ron and Dins will do it for me. That's mm. fine. Mm. I've had lots of sales experience. You've seen my resume, Spillo. Mm. You know, I'm a good match for a lot of these jobs, but they mm. should look at that and go, no, he might do it again. Yeah. And that's yeah. the problem. Mm. They think he might do it again. It's like any customer-facing role now, whether it be retail or on the phone or whatever, going, they think, ooh, dangerous. He's a loose cannon. You know, I'm not a loose cannon in the slightest. It was just a bad run of events. Yeah. Mm. See, if, 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 if unemployment is, is, is high, it's, it's more difficult in that situation. <clears throat> but getting good references, as you say, Ron and Dins. And yeah, man. You, you know, I think any decent... Personally, if somebody's going to look at something from a mistake however long ago... Benefit of the doubt, bro. Without seeing, you know, who you've worked for... The, they're yeah. not worth working for, are they? You know, like, interesting. Yeah. Very good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you, you can certainly think about that because I was just thinking there are employers who actually say, "I'm willing to give guys a second chance." You know, yeah. what I mean? women a second yeah. chance. So, yeah. um, you know, I think I think it does exist where there are employers that go, "Yeah, I've been in trouble when I was a kid. Yeah. I, I get it. Um, I'm, I'm I'm willing to employ a person if they come across yeah. in a way that persuades me. Um, I'll, I'll take a punt on it for yeah. sure." Um, and you so, think about what their motivation is as an employee is in like in Brendan's case is mate, I'm willing if you're willing to give me a chance I'm willing to work twice as hard yeah, let's do it. I want to show you why you know you giving me a chance I want to show you what I can do you know what I mean I think that's big time man and having a routine is such a big thing See, I yeah. mean what, what the, the real pain was when COVID happened is that everyone freaked out because they went oh, I can't go to the gym now, I can't do this, I need psychiatric help. And all the psychiatrists around the area who could only do video chats because of obvious reasons, (laughs) right? They were chock-a-block with people who don't really need it. So I used to see a really good guy called Raf in in Hazelbrook and um, he had a private practice and also just down on Park Street here, just down at the the hub down there. Um, And he went, look, I'm really sorry, man. We had a great relationship. We're getting through things. I've just been offered a job in Blacktown Hospital. It's a salary. I don't have to pay rent. Da, da, da. I can refer you to someone, however. I won't leave you dangling. Mm-hmm. Right? Unfortunately, during that time, the only guy I could speak to was based in Penrith and it was a half an hour video conference every three months. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What help does that give you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it yeah. takes you more than half well, an hour. Well, you got Bodie. 
Yeah, well, no, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was but useless. The is, there are no subsidies for There's know, no, subs, no yeah, subsidy yeah, yeah. for, for um, psychotherapy. But I do uh, uh, offer people the opportunity to say, what what can you yeah. what can you offer? What can you pay? Do you yeah. think, let me know? Yeah. And then I'll, yeah. I'll work out whether or not I, I'm up for that, you know. But what, I think what's interesting is, see, even 50 years ago, um, why has it changed today? I think I think because there's more information out there that locks us down. In the past, we had a certain anonymity that enabled you, if you shifted state, that you just didn't show up in the stats up there. Um, 50 years ago, uh, we didn't have d- digital systems that actually ca- carried every utterance and fart that you made you know, while, while walking down the street. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? And, um, and, and so tracking every sort of kind of aspect of your character uh, w- wasn't part of the deal. You had a certain anonymity. And yeah. I think in a digital world, more and more, this kind of tracking sort of factor at all sorts of levels, even facial recognition in China is unbelievable yeah, yeah. the way it's used, yeah. um, means that there is no anonymity anymore. So mm. if you carry a mark, um, um, it's there forever, unless society actually sort of kind of wakes up and goes, well, that, well if two-thirds of the people are walking around sort of not being able to participate in our mm. society anymore... That's got over our threshold, maybe we should do something. But I think men and boys particularly, because we can get stroppy sometimes, um, can be more um, uh, restricted or, um, or, or not supported in our society. And then I think, uh, realistically, um, if you shut boys down and out of the picture, yeah. they, they, there's going to be a retaliation. Yeah, yeah. And. Yeah. At one level, I'm okay I'm with that. that. At the moment, yeah. I'm okay with that. If you're going to shut boys out of the picture and not actually give them um, an opportunity to actually sort of do their growing up, um, uh, we're creating that problem just by our stubbornness to actually sort of open the door at some mm. level. Mm. So, that, ah, you, you know, that, that might be hard for some listeners to hear. But, but what I'm really saying here, um, and I'm sort of pleading something here, is that um, if we shut down too hard... On um, uh, on people who have made a mistake, um, there's going to be a consequence, and and there will be a backlash. And I think we have to reopen our hearts um, all round, um, and actually clear the clear the message, clear the books, and work it starting again. Yeah. Mm. Mm. South Africa did something really brilliant. I mean, uh, 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 under Desmond Tutu, um, you know, with all that kerfuffle around uh, white apartheid and and and, um, and black uh, black people over in South Africa, they knew it was a pretty terrible situation mm. in the killing fields over there. But they said it had a truth and reconciliation um, commission. Uh, that was funded to travel right around the country exchanging stories between victims and perpetrators and attempting some healing for a new beginning. Mm, mm, mm. We're going to yeah. start thinking about those yeah. sorts of things. Yeah, yeah 100%. No, and point. I often yeah. speak to Zane and he's white and he lives in Joburg. Um, he's in like a gated house. I mean, he's got a security gate with cameras. And it, it's so the regime is so bent over there like, for example, they have what they call power sharing, right? Mm. So you get a note in the mail and you get four hours of power, then four hours off. Four hours on, four hours wow. off. Mm. However, if you grease the right palms, you can have power 24-7. Mm. And they'll come straight to your door. Mm. Yeah. I think that's pretty bent, man. Yeah, we're pretty, we're pretty fortunate here, aren't we? We, might we could just, just turn uh, a switch <laughs> on and off we go. We might just uh, head off to a, to a quick break. Um, here on the Men's Mental Health Show, 89.1.
RBM FM. Uh, before I do that, though, I uh, I also like to uh, mention that there is a, an event coming up for the winter solstice, uh, which I spoke about last week, and we're actually going to have Pamela Khan come on and join us prior to uh, the event going ahead, and it's the Rotary Club of Blacktown City, um, which is uh, putting on the event, uh, I think it's on uh, 21st of June at 4.30pm, do some wonderful things in the community, uh, does the, the Rotary Club, and Rotary Clubs all around the country, um, but uh, there's some stuff there on mental health, it's going to be uh, a pretty good uh, pretty good afternoon, and that'll be at 4.30pm, 21st of June at Blacktown Showgrounds. We'll be back in just a moment. And welcome back to the Men's Mental Health Show. Uh, of course, we're sponsored by um, all manufacturing personnel, um, recruitment in the manufacturing industry. Um, if you need uh, to get in touch with us, you can do on 0404 or 0416-700-870. And a big shout-out to Chrissy. I know you're listening down there in Cranebrook. Uh, thanks for being uh, such a great uh, fan of the show. Um, it's much appreciated. Uh, but also want to say a uh, quick thanks to Mounties Group, uh, Dale Hunt. Uh, it's very kind of you. Uh, we've, uh, we're here with Brendan uh, Mori and, uh, and of course, Bodie, Bodie Marsden. Bodie's a psychotherapist. Uh, Bodie's located in Wentworth Falls, and um, he's, uh, he's available to, to do Skype or uh, Zoom or, or face-to-face preferably. Uh, but you can get Bodie on 0424 0424-416-969. Hope I got that right, Bates. I was trying to look for the number. Short-term memory is brilliant. It's <laughs> um, below. <laughs> but I, I just noticed, I just played an ad for the United Cinema up here. I'm, I'm, it'll be, it's got to be five years, maybe longer since I've been to the cinema. And I'm going with a good mate of mine, Max, who's uh, from Lawson. He's a stonemason. And um, so if you're going to the cinemas tonight, you're going to be watching John Wick. I suggest you wear your hard hats because I'm bringing the Jaffers. All right. <laughs> so. I'm actually going to watch John Wick 4 this week too. I can't remember the last time I rocked into a cinema. <laughs> and in fact, um, I remember before they officially opened, one of my promos on my show, yeah. which Ron did, was for the Edge Cinemas. <laughs> I was sitting here and I went, uh, please disregard that promo. I don't think they're actually open yet, but stay with us because they will be. And sure enough, they are. So I'm really looking forward to that one, actually. Yeah. I believe it's a bit of a three-hour marathon. Yeah, yeah. Well, it normally is with John Wick, isn't it? I think the last time you went there for the insurance of Banshees, or Banshees of Insurance. Yeah, the, uh, the Banshees of Inner Sharon. Inner yeah. Sharon, I beg your pardon. Yeah, I, great, it great, sounded like great. I was saying the Banshees of Ed Sharon. <laughs> you know what? I would have, that's wrong. I would have that, felt that, that might be the next album. <laughs> no, I know why I said that. I'm feeling a bit ginger. Uh, oh, sorry. That's enough. Yeah, but but no, no, but dad help jokes me, are awesome. Help, help me to understand the John Wick phenomena. Because I've never been to oh, John it's Wick. It's extremely uh, violent. It's yes. look. It's 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 a, it's a guy that's uh, he's, it belongs to this consortium of, yep. of, of assassins essentially assassins mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, what happened in the first one? Not a lot of content. Sorry, so for, story goes. Uh, Storyline, not really, but the fight scenes and everything else is brilliant. Yeah. So basically. He had a little dog and he lost his wife and his wife left him a little dog and then these Russians didn't like him so they actually unfortunately killed his dog and then John's like, that's it, that's the end of it. (laughs) And the big Russian mafia boss, his son was the one that did it and he said to him, you seriously killed John Wick's dog? Yeah. Do you know what you've done? Yeah. And so he goes from there without, without giving too much away. Yeah, 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 he goes yeah. from there. But oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's on the warpath after that. One is in his way. He's just taking yeah, it's, out. It's, um, but they have a hotel, which is like a neutral hotel, which all the assassins 
because they're all part of a league, essentially. And they, they can all go there, but yeah, I won't give too much <laughs> yeah, away. But um, Keanu Reeves is actually a legend. I, I happen to know, obviously, he's done Matrix and a whole bunch of other things, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. he's not short of a dollar. But apparently, he's quite humble, and he gives a lot of money to charity, mm. and he catches public transport around. Mm. True mm. fact. True fact. Mm. Yep. Yeah, he's, he's, he's often seen on the New York subway, I believe. Yep. But... Um, yeah, so that's that's it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll be good for me to get out and do some socialising, and uh, even though uh, it's at the cinema, it's kind of like socialising in a library, isn't it? You in can't the, talk in the dark, yeah. yeah, and in the dark, so it's a bit better, isn't it? Holy me. smoke! <laughs> I think the last time I was in a cinema, it must have been the Roxy in Parramatta, there you go. Oh, which wow. literally was the early noughties, and I do believe. That's been transformed into some kind of a nightclub now. Wow. Oh my God. Because now you just stream things, you download yeah, things, that's whatever. Right. That's you don't just need right. it anymore. That's right. It's at your fingertips. Yeah. yeah so yeah. let's let's get back to what we were sort of talking about, and yes. I guess a, a lot of that we were talking about uh, in relation to things like forgiveness, being humble. I think uh, not being so quick to judge, um, uh, and 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 what I guess what we can do, being proactive, particularly in, in job. Searching such as what you're having to do at the moment, Brendan. Yeah, I'm sorry you're having such a hard time. It's, it's, ah, it's I remain positive, man. Like um, I said, doing this helps. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. today helps, um, man. I was yeah. feeling a bit blue this morning, but you know what? <laughs> I literally woke up this morning and I'm like, what am I doing today? Cool, I'm going on a spillover show. <laughs> Just a little thing to look forward to. Yeah. I mean, today yeah. means something, and yeah. I get to have a chat to you boys. You know, yeah. and even that's a bit of a, an uplift. Yeah, it's also good that you, you know, you're sharing your journey, and I think... Yep. You know, people, whoever is listening into this live or if they're listening back through the podcast, there's uh, a lot that they can relate to or they know somebody that's in a similar situation. And, and hopefully, you know, hearing us through talk, especially Bodie uh, coming from um, you know, a psychotherapist's point of view and, and all the experience he's had over the years, um, that you can take something from that, you know, and if you can, after listening back, you can do that. I think that's a pretty special thing to be able to do. So... Um, yeah, 100% and I think the worst thing is and I think one of the worst terms I've ever heard and this has been brought up in the last decade or so more than anything is like oh chin up mate everything will be cool that's mm. one of the worst things you can say to someone who's suffering in silence mm. and sometimes blokes feel this thing where they don't want to admit what's going on they'll just uh, sure. bottle it up and store it and box mm. it and just go I'll be right I'll be right I'll be right but you know what that box has pressure yeah yeah and the more you keep that box closed, the more pressure builds up in that box. Mm. And unfortunately, it can lead to things like violence or suicide and things like that. Yeah, now, I'm not afraid to admit it. I tried that in 2014. Mm. Mm. I made a very serious attempt mm. on my own mortality. Oh. Yeah. No. Um, fortunately for me, yeah. someone's looking out for me, mm. it didn't go through. Um, I was on Seroquel at the time. I think, and I don't mind sharing this, it's just reality. Mm. Um, I probably put away God knows how much wine and beers and then I had a whole box of Seroquel mm. which is not a good idea mm. and mm. next thing I know I wake up in Westmead Hospital with tubes down my throat mm. things attached to me in a hospital gown mm. and I'd been there for five days in an induced coma mm. wow. good. and then they'd fed me charcoal and everything and so someone just realised I had to be at work the next day right Yeah. and then because I didn't turn up they were worried so they tried to find me and all the rest of it they figured out where I was staying it was yeah. an overnight motel Cops came, ambulance came, took me to Westmead, and since then, wow. I would never try it again. It was, a, it was a big scare, mate, trust me. And all the nurses were that helpful and that pleasant. They're like, you're back, you're back. Do you want to go for a walk? Do you, wanna, do you feel up to doing this? You know, We're so glad that you're cool. 
And I went, wow, that could have gone two ways. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So that was that was a big wake-up for me, and yeah. I'm never going to attempt that one again, trust yeah. me. Yeah. Like I have downtimes, and we all do, and that's, that's part of it, but yeah. that's how serious it got because mm. – but then at that time, I didn't have anyone else to speak to about that sort of stuff. Mm. I, th- I think that's what you're saying, isn't it? That's what's really hitting me. Is um, uh, the, uh, and we're talking about friendship too. But you d- you do have to have someone to be able to talk to uh, mm. to to actually raise those lamentations. You know, I mean, I, um, we have to lament the great spirituals, the great gospels, uh, songs. Um, uh, uh, you know, they spoke about a lament. Of life and its hardness and that sort of stuff, um, and, and in that way they were able to reposition themselves to re-engage um, because they had knowledge, a lamentation. So we need people um, that we can offload to or unload to um, in order to carry the the, shit, uh, the burden of of one's existence, um, and then to sit in. Once you're exhausted in your lamentation, mm. um, there's a bit of a space for something else mm. to drop into the mind that mm. says oh I wonder if I could do that or uh, in response to yeah. a question uh, have you what else have you thought about or are there exceptions to this yeah. very difficult place you're in yeah. oh. oh that's an interesting yeah, question it is a very interesting great dialogue I, I had <laughs> I had an argument with someone very close to me um, last week and the way I spoke to them was just so out of line and it was so wrong. It was aggressive. It was angry. It was just. It was just everything I've worked so hard on, and and it's still there. It's just that it, it's not, and it was not too far below the surface. And so I went down. I was I was driving down to my father's. I was driving down with Craig actually, and he's like, "You're very quiet." And the whole time for those four hours, I was driving down. All I was doing was just just you know in the house of mirrors, just really smashing myself. Um, so by the time we got there, which is a beautiful place on the water down there, I didn't even look at the beach. I didn't even look at the ocean. I didn't even consider walking up and down the beach. I was still playing this over and over in my mind. So um, I rang the person and they didn't answer, and rightly so. So I sent a text and it was something like, I'm, 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 I'm ready to give you my apology, right? And so, with my apology, and I, I, know, I think about it, I never make apologies now based on what the other person has said or they, you made me say, that I felt this way because of what you did or hey, if you didn't say that, I wouldn't have said this. Not at all. I did it and, yeah, and, and, and all of that tension, all of that self-hate or, you know, Self, it was almost leading to sabotage. I would have normally gone out and gone gambling or spent on clothes or got on the on the on the on the gas. You know, I just felt so relieved that afterwards, and and I told the person how it made me feel. Now, it was. I wish I I, I was I had that ability to do that so many years ago. You know, mm. um, uh, but but I didn't, and and because. It was like a, a situation that most men that I know of, and particularly I'm in my late 40s, they don't know how to do that. They don't know how to apologise. They don't know how to express that feeling of self-disgust in them in themselves to the other person from what their actions had done. So instead, they just fire back with anger or, or denial or because they don't know how to do it. 
It's the, the immediate reaction. Yeah. Just bang. Yeah. yeah. React. And think later. How mm. how mm. I got over that afterwards, it would normally take me a long time to come out of that hole. I was out of it within a couple of hours. And as much as it, it hurt to get those first words out, and it does, it hurts. It's like, oh, here I go. Now, it's mm. more than your tail between your legs, particularly if you do a proper apology. It's not an easy thing to do. Um, and if you've done it to the same person on a couple of occasions, right, it's even harder because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you think if I've done it once, it'll be easier the next No, mate, because it's a different situation. Boy, wolf. Yeah. Well, Almost. yeah, sometimes, but... Yeah, and and I and I guess when when I got away from that, it was the next day. I actually started to to, to talk about it in part to to Craig and to, to to my old man. You know, it that can be really humbling, um, really self empowering to to know that I, I was okay to be wrong as a man. I was okay to say why I was wrong as a man, and. And, and then I was okay to accept whatever outcome from that person would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's wow. tough. Powerful. Yeah, it is. You know what I'm thinking um, as, as, as you're listening yeah. is that one of the things um, that uh, us men can get stuck on mm-hmm. is that um, we've been told by our society that we have to have it handled. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to know all the answers Mm. Um, we have to be able to d- deliver when there is a crisis. Expectation um, of yeah, control. E- expectations, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, and um, and then we sort of polish this nugget of uh, our competence yeah. um, uh, every day and overnight. Yeah. Um, and so when we do make a huge sort of error or a mistake, yeah. um, to relinquish the the cherished self-image of yeah. I've got it handled and I'm, and, 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 and I'm, uh, I'm looking after you, I'm, looking after, I'm not going to actually sort of do the wrong thing in your yeah. direction. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like you step away from that cherished image and actually say, I'm, I'm so sorry. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, um, I, I, and and in, in a sense, um, um, by honouring the truth of what you did, to the other yeah. um, uh, is a restorative act mm. to the person you've offended, mm. but it's also a restorative act to okay. um, to your, to yourself in stepping away from the burden of um, the cherished object that right. all of us are obliged mm. to um, keep polishing um, in order to have an identity. Mm. But the thing the thing was so interesting, isn't it? And I think you started to say that at the very beginning is that we learn from our mistakes, mm. and to and and that's the real work is yeah. to really learn from our, our mistakes yeah. um, and to make some powerful intention to keep avoiding those old pitfalls that lead back into that same era of of reactivity. Mm. Um, and if we can get that mastery happening, mm. um, suddenly our world changes. Inside us, because yeah. we begin to become more empowered, not by the cherished self-object that we're obliged to keep shiny to the world out there, yeah. but we know inside ourselves uh, we, 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 have, we, we are sitting in a different space. 
and yeah. it, and it's a, a space of p- empowerment. Mm. Um, and and you're also saying to yourself, um, I'm not going to blindside myself and just and just feel like an absolute fool because when I feel like a fool, I'm going to come out fighting most of the time. I'm yeah. like a cornered rat. You know what I mean? So <laughs> so avoid those situations if at all possible, yeah. um, because empowerment is ultimately the basis of intense self-valuation. Uh, say that again. Empowerment. That the, 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 the power of empowerment is that uh, you give yourself a powerful dose of self-valuation. You are valuing yourself as an instrument of change, as an instrument of growth, um, as, as somebody to rely on. And um, that's a that's a place of blessed relief. That, I mean, powerful that, itself, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, uh, ab- absolutely. It, it, it is, yeah. And, and that immediate shift it, when you do it, that change. It, yeah, it's it's wonderful. It, well, the yeah. thing is, it is extremely tiring to promote that everything is cool when it's not. <laughs> exactly. It's very very tiring. Yes. Yeah. To show the world that everything's tip top when in the back of your head it's chaos. Yeah. You know, this is. And it is because you just you want other people to feel good about you because it makes you feel good in a small way. But really, when things are awful, you don't want to promote that, man. So you want to say, "Look, look at my shiny new car. Look at my shiny new jacket. Everything's sweet, man. My life is cool." Yet when you leave that meeting or leave that thing, you're like, "Oh man, things are the worst I've ever been." That's so tiring, man. Amen to that, brother. Amen to that. I'm just trying to find something that. uh, uh, Dale Hunt, Dale Hunt, of course, the CEO of, of Mounties, and um, you know does does a, a lot of uh, stuff with mental health and and supporting in the community. And um, I'm trying here. It is. He's. Uh, I'll read you this post. Right. This is the CEO of the largest club in in the Southern Hemisphere. Right. And I know there's a lot of talk going up at the moment with poker machines and whatnot. He's looking to move away from them, which is a wonderful thing. I can't say too much more. Mm-hmm. But this is what he writes. And he puts a picture of himself. This man has screwed up many times as a son, as a partner, as a father, cousin, friend, brother. And leader because he doesn't always say or do the right things. He has many secrets. He has many scars because he has a history. Mm. Some people love this man. Some like him and some people don't care for him at all. He has done good in all his life. Has, or, uh, he has, sorry, he has done good in his life. He has done bad in his life. He is random and sometimes he is silly. He will not pretend to be someone that he is not. He is who he is. You can love him or not, but he loves you. He will do it with his whole heart and he will make no apologies for the way he is. This man is a survivor. He's not perfect, but he has worth. Wow. It's pretty good, isn't it? What I think is extremely interesting about that, he put a picture of himself, yeah. but he spoke about himself in the third person. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So it's almost as if, if you think about it, mm. he's not judging, but he's explaining from here. So he's not doing it from here, he's doing it from there. Yeah. That's why I think when you read it, it's even more powerful. Yes. Because he's like this person, he, yeah, yeah. he, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a perfect example of metacognition where you stand back from your behaviour 
and actually start to observe it and notice it and then be able to reflect on it and then offer the reflection back out in the third person. So ah, yeah, okay. It's an example, metacognition. Okay, yeah. example of metacognition. Right. If we can stand back from the immediacy of the problem that we're dealing with, um, we opt- obtain some distance to actually start using critical thinking yeah. to start to wow. get it out of the hole. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. I think Brendan was talking about that earlier on in the piece. Yeah. About metacognition. It's a, it is a thing. See, it says to me, you know, and, and two, two wonderful points. It says to me, it doesn't matter. You're not based on your success of how much you earn or, or who you are. And he's based on the fact that he's a human. He's makes many mistakes. Absolutely. He's far from perfect. Everybody looks at him and says or thinks that he is perfect. Probably employs over two or 3,000 people or whatever. I don't know. But, uh, and they look and go, you know, but isn't that wonderful that you have a leader like that that says, you know, I have a guess, he'd be all right with second chances. You know what I mean? He's uh, Funny, that's the type of person you'd want to work for, isn't it? You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's got self-recognition, clearly. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Which Good word. a lot of people mm. don't admit to that. They don't have it. Like, put it this way, I heard this brilliant thing the other day where if, you're a, if you lie all the time about things, right, and you're basing your facts on lies, you start to believe those lies and all of a sudden you create a false world for yourself. Yeah. And sometimes you can get so deep into that, yeah. you actually forget yeah, I've done that. and forget yeah. who you are. Yeah, yeah man, yeah. that's true. I've done that, yeah. yeah. It's what yeah. they call confirmation bias. You create a story and you oh, start yeah. believing it. <laughs> I thought you were talking about Sky News then. <laughs> oh, boob. <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. Don't, don't, don't send me a defamation or anything. Yeah, well, I saw Buddy Bolt again. He banned Latham. You see that? He banned Latham and then he, he gave him a, a, a reprieve after two weeks of sure. banning him. And then after what he said on the last week, what a terrible, terrible thing. Just not a nice person. Uh, and it, and I, it's that I type concur. of behaviour that we're actually <clears throat> talking of being the opposite, what we need to be. Um, uh, we're to, coming up to 10 past 12 here on RBM 89.1. It's a men's mental health show. I want to thank you and everyone that's listening, be it back through the podcast or live. Uh, as we get sometimes, well, most weeks actually, Bodhi has a poem for us. And um, yeah, talk us through us. What, what have we got today? What's this one about? Well, it's called the Two Ormas. Um, so. Uh, for those of you, um, Oma is a Dutch word for grandmother. And I had two grandmothers, um, and I got a bit of a story uh, about them. So they both lived in Maastricht, right down the south uh, of Holland, deep south, right on the borders of Belgium, France, and Germany. Um, and I lived in New Zealand, um, oh. so there was a bit of distance. Anyway, um, I'm writing the poem partly um, as an observation, as in me as an adult, but there's also a deep yearning of the young child who didn't have access to his omas. All right, I'll start reading. I knew of two grandmothers, but they did not know of me. My mother told me of her mum, dead a decade before my birth. A sepia photo was a wistful glance of Oma, Thick brown hair and limpid eyes did not make a deep impression. It wounded my mother is a story I remember. Death a guest claiming four within ten years. A family time of ash and reddened embers. 
Death defied by my rude health, still stung like a scorpion at segmented tail, entered my young mind and lodged a deep conviction. Sleep clung upon my eyelids while stumbling from the reaper in that slowed paralysis that hinders any freedom. Both Ulmers were from Europe, but my folks had their reasons for their leaving, leaving for a living in New Zealand. Mm. Twas a world so very different, but the Ulmer left for me was a distance too immense for an actual memory to ever linger. Mm. In another family photo that still hangs in my mind's eye, I saw dark hair and deep eyes brimming. I had to spin a story that Ulmer had a special wish to listen to my silent song, to come and dance with me, because the rumour she had Spanish blood and danced with castanets and understood my stuttering and twould rock away my fears. My father had a daddy with a temper and a scream, a stickler for beating at his children who displeased. My Alma stood and took the blows intended for my dad. That was a leap to my imagination from the moment I did hear of that account of her defiance in protecting her wee bands. It's now I miss my Ormas, yet I don't have any history for a missing and a tear. In the absence of anything, I knew I had a need for an other than my parents to take an interest in me. The Ormas in my imagination and writ upon my heart we are singing in the treetops, united as can be. Brilliant. That's, that's beautiful, mate. <laughs> hey, can I, can I ask you two questions? Yes, you can. What, why, what brought you to writing that? And how good did you feel when you were doing it? Well, I'll tell you how. That's an interesting question. Um, I was uh, um, w- watching a show on Saturday night. Uh, it was one of the Phoenix shows um, um, in Katoomba here. Oh, yeah. And it was a, um, an ensemble of uh, 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 a mandolin, um, a, a, a cello, uh, two violins, some percussion, a guy on a, and a keyboard, um, and, it was, and um, a, a guy on a tabla, um, an Indian man. Fantastic. And it was, yeah, it was music that he had written himself, so it was all uh, original material. And he told a story about his grandmother. Um, and um, had he written the song for her? And so I sort of started to um, uh, get drenched in, in, in the music. And then he brought on a young woman um, in, a, in a shawl, and she started to do some Spanish dancing. And I just started to swim in this whole. Um, I started to kind of. I wanted my Alma. I mean, that's what happened. And um, and throughout that whole uh, evening. Um, you know, Alma was sitting in my mind, and sort of, and I'm wrestling with that, um, and I'm thinking, I've got to, I, I, I want you to be in my world, and you know, I'm 73, and I've never, never had any tangible but connection it's just to my Alma. That she is in your world, but it, but yes, yeah, metaphorically, she, I mean, she's come home. I've come home. I, I, you know, I can't really explain it. I just, but I love that um, it happened, and I was able to. Do something with it, you know, yeah. in, in, um, in my own way. Write something that was meaningful to me, 
um, and restore a rightful relationship with my, uh, with my Uma, uh, with my two Umas. One who, yeah, yeah. I, I just think it's a wonderful gesture of kindness and and thank thankfulness. It's uh, it's beautiful, and you know, it, it's we're talking about this and listening to Brendan's story and and hearing that poem and and what the topics that we've discussed today. It's a really good, wonderful skill to have is to practice that gratitude, isn't it? Yeah. You know, to really practice those of being you know thankful and, and 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 kind i do believe when you get super used to things it's extremely easy to take yeah. them for granted yeah you know sometimes when i'm all selfish in my own head going oh i don't have a full-time job and i don't have enough money and, yeah. and yeah. woe is me i think hang on a sec i can walk around i can see i can hear i've got yeah. a radio show i've got a car i can drive mm. i can get myself around i've got loads of mates to call my life's not horrible. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, Sometimes you just have to you have to put it into perspective, man. Yeah. You know, like that's why I love like helping out my mate Z. I mean, he's a paraplegic, mm. and mm. but he still does things and he's engaged and he's positive. He said to me, "By the time I'm fifty, I'm going to be walking." That's <laughs> wow. his mindset. Isn't that wonderful? And he's yeah. got helpers and he's got people to help him. Yeah. You know, he's got all of this in place because he chose to. You know, a lot of other people might just go, oh, man, yeah. what the hell? I need someone to get me out of bed in the morning, wash me and feed me like so that. So he, he inspires you. He's a hero. He does. He's your so, hero. Well, yeah. I'm just happy to One of your heroes. Yeah. give him a positive thing on Saturday mornings. He looks forward yeah. to it and I always get yeah. feedback. And mm-hmm. what, What's yeah. wrong with that, you know? That's a wonderful thing to say on, on Saturday's show is yep. how much he inspires you, this guy. And, and talk about heroes. I talk about my heroes. Um uh, all the time, Bodie's one of my heroes. My dad's one of my heroes. Um, yeah, RIP. Some mates that are, mm. are, are some of my heroes. I love Matty Tonks, and you know, there's a lot of. Uh, that's a wonderful thing to say, though, man. That's uh, on the back of a terrific. It's terrific um, part. yeah, it's I gorgeous think part. we. Oh, it was, but and by the way, people, if you don't know what bands means, it's actually a Scottish term for kids. Oh. oh, yeah, yeah, thank you, Ben. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. People might be going. Well, thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you for saying that because I saw you got it and I thought, Eddie, yeah, you, I'm you not know about what he's bands. talking about. I, I got no idea. I didn't get that. Somebody, sometimes it's, yeah, in some it's words. Yeah, he's very, very cryptic sometimes with some of the language, but God, they always make sense, though. If you wait till you get to the end of the poem or the last stanza, things fall into place a lot of the time. Stanza? Very yeah. good. Yeah. You went well, to English. Is that, is that what they call it? <laughs> yeah, that's a word. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, I mean, I write songs. I used to write songs. Yeah, man. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, a similar yeah. no, thing. Songs and writing poetry of, mm. of you know, six mm. or one half a dozen. But Well, look, I, partly what I enjoy poetry is that it actually brings um, me into that sort of creative sort of kind of place, yeah, um, which is lyrical and um, um, an associative and it's a rush of sort of kind of feeling that um, and, and you want to sort of try and capture it in some way using either music or uh, lyrics or poetry or um, you know uh, screen therapy, whatever we, whatever methodology yeah. we use. Yeah. But for me, it's been a, just a, such a pleasure to have a way of bringing those kind of powerful emotional realities that are part of our heritage yeah. um, and. and, um, and um, and sp- and speak to it, mm. and um, and it, and you asked me the question, what has it done to you? Well, it's it's exalted me. I feel mm. um, uh, I feel uh, restored. 
you know, it's yeah. restorative. So, um, you know, any young man out there, um, if you've got a skill or a, a, um, a creative uh, aspect of you, polish it, look after yeah. it, uh, grow yeah. it. Um, <laughs> it's, it's part of your heritage and yeah. it's such a beautiful aspect of you. So, yeah. you know, uh, um, uh, yeah. Um, so is this code you're trying to tell me to improve my beers? <laughs> well, mate, I think I think what's, what's I think no, I think what's a lovely thing about yourself is that you're so proud of your heritage of where you're from, and you know, copying it, being teased of bullied to school. I was a Kiwi, you know. It's it's that's a wonderful thing to just say that it's 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 a wonderful thing that you can say. You know, I'm different from a lot of people. It's a, it's a wonderful thing to say. I've got to work harder in some areas. And a lot I'll of tell you what, areas. though, man, it, and yeah. much appreciated by the way, yeah. Spillo. Yeah. It took a lot of practice, though, man. Yeah, you know, they, mm-hmm. yeah, it no, takes a lot yeah. of beat downs and it takes a lot of environmental impacts yeah, yeah. to actually figure that out yeah. in your own head, in your own, in your own dimension, mm. to actually get to that spot. And, and I don't even think I'm there terrific. yet. I'm almost there. I'm not yeah. there yet. I know that. Yeah. But I'm proud of who I am. I have what I have. I'm yeah. dealing with it. Well, I think that's well, a, it's well, a wonderful thing. Well, we can fantastic. see that. Well, kudos, man. Yeah, and I think it's what we see that in in, in Buddy's palm. You know, at seventy two, he's he's talking to his. Almost. You just minus to hear from him, by the way. So you you might get a smarty out of that. Seventy three. <laughs> but, but then you get yeah, sorry, seventy three. Beg your pardon. But then and then you can talk about, you know, what what, what we've been talking about today. I can talk about the areas in my way and my apologies for you know for, mm-hmm. for what lies mm-hmm. beneath the surface. Mm. And I think these are all wonderful skills that. You know, we've we've been able to share and show, uh, um, you know, for for others. But but more importantly, we do these things first and foremost for ourselves, and that's the most important thing to I think to to understand. If you're going to be doing or, or practicing these things, you're not practicing it for your wife, your partner, your kids. You're doing it for yourself first and foremost. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was I was gonna I was gonna head back down the coast. You know, on on and then. Well, I, I, it was one of those things I told my father. He says, all right, the place is nice and ready. I've booked it off. Cancel somebody else. And uh, I was going to bring a friend of mine and their mum was going to come down. And, and then my daughter writes me a message, you know, and I've been seeing a bit of my daughter, but I haven't seen her since she got a job working for Mounties, Mounties and at Harbour Diggers. And she goes, Dad, I've got, finally got a couple of days free. I'm going to come and visit. And like, oh, bugger. I just organised Easter down the coast. And, but... I thought, no, well, what do I want to do? You know, I thought I want to. I've got a lot of time to make up with my daughter. I've got, and it's still a rocky road a lot of the time. But yeah, so I said, all right, come on up, come on up. You know, oh, I think it was the right decision. Yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely. Place down the coast can wait. Yeah, um, yeah. things happen for a reason, I yeah. believe, or a season, or, or a season. Or oh, a here we go. <laughs> what a tired, what a tired back to the start there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good tie up. Good, good, good segue. Good, good yeah, segue. Yeah. I love segways. One of my favourite terms. Yeah. Yes, but I love what you're saying, uh, Spillo. Is that um, you know maybe what this show is really about <laughs> is that we're modelling other ways of being a man. Um, we're modelling creativity. We're yeah. modelling um, a humility and humbleness and acknowledgement of difficulties. Mm. And we're stating, um, you know, the truth of lamentation and the struggle mm. of mental mm. health and the growth through all of that. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and, we're, and we're talking it. We're talking mm. it. We're not hiding behind an old 
a script of uh, I can't reveal anything about myself uh, because I'll be taken advantage of. It's sort of we're undefended, and yeah. in that way. I think uh, what what the world is telling us, the world of women and children, is undefended men are welcome. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Undefended. Like yeah. 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 Uh, the world of undefended men are welcome. Yeah. Right? Are very welcome. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 terrific. And and mate, thank you for coming on, Brendan. For pleasure, know, mate. Being vulnerable, for showing us blokes how to do things, or and sharing some of those struggles that you're having, mate. And you know, I I I send give you kudos brother for, for hanging in there and you know just keep getting back up and um you know not giving up you know what i realized is what i what I'd actually realized is back in 2014 when i was uh took some time to reflect on what i did and why i did it it was completely internal and i'd forgotten every other person that yeah. knows me you know, i thought to myself oh, yes no one else was in my head. Yeah. I was in my head. Yeah. And I was sick of it. I was sick of being yeah. in my own head. I wanted out. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. everything, all the boulders had piled on to me. Mm. Right? And I couldn't lift the boulders up. I'm like, screw it. <laughs> I'm just going to suffocate under the boulders. Yeah. What's the best way to do that? Yeah. Bye-bye. Check out. But then I thought, hang on a sec. Mm. Maybe a week later. Maybe two weeks later. And I went, what's everyone else going to think? Mm. Mm. I was brought here for a reason. Yeah, yeah mum brought me to Australia yeah, for better Australia. life. Yeah. Why yeah, should I throw it away? And yeah. I thought, it's going to annoy everyone else and upset everyone else. And yeah, what's the point in that? Why? Yeah. You know, I'm lucky enough, as I mentioned previously, to have a lot of close friends I can call on whenever I want to. Yeah. How are they going to feel? Mm. They're going to be exactly. like, oh, man. Well, that's the ripple effect it has, isn't it, if you do yeah. something like that? You know? No man is an island. I actually yeah. never knew what that meant. Yeah. And then I actually thought about it, and it's dead set true. You do affect a certain amount of people. Mm. Even if you don't have more than a handful of close friends. There's a lot of people that know about you and care about you and what you're up to, you know? Mm, 100%. These are the things you need to think about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very, very much spot on. What's happening for Easter for you, Bodie? Well, I'm in the NZ of flying over on Thursday. Um, my sister's 70th uh, oh, wow. uh, birthday. So are you going with Annette? Yeah, yep, the, uh, the two of us yeah, are going together and uh, the whole family is my, my siblings. I've got five other sibs. Um, two oh, sisters and three lovely. brothers, and yeah, we're going to hang together, go for walks, um, have a laugh, uh, have a feed. Where, whereabouts um, is your sister at? She's in Te Aratu, um and uh, in the ancestral home where I grew up. Are oh, you joking? Would, no, there you go. Would you believe it? Um, so yeah, it's a return to home and to my roots, and um, we're getting closer and closer, my brothers and sisters. Um, so we have some Isn't great conversations. Yeah. I reckon. I I, I just. I'm so looking oh, I think forward it'd be to wonderful if you wrote a poem, put it in a frame, and gave that to her. You know, you could just have it in the kitchen or something. Anyway, I should. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, I, yeah. I love your poetry, mate. You know, yeah. but have a wonderful time. Absolutely. And 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 I won't see you next uh, Tuesday. No, so, no. I'm, but we will the following. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be back with Christian, and we've got some uh, topics to talk about. I think um, again about recognition, addictions, and stuff. But what about yourself, Brandon? What's happening for for Easter? Easter Saturday, I'm actually going to be going to Bathurst for the first time. I've oh, never wow. been. I'm car obsessed. Uh, wow. My unofficial oh, Uncle right. Bob. Okay. Yep. Unofficial yep. Uncle Bob, I just called him that. Yeah. Yep. Um, he races in the MX5 Cup. So I've been down oh. to Wakefield and Eastern Creek. So and is Bodie's wife, or used to. She used to race the MX5, didn't she, Bodie? Yeah, yeah. yeah I beg your pardon. <laughs> oh, mate, she might have done some Morse code on Uncle Bob then. Get out of the way, get out of the way. used to love a little sports car. She had an MX-5, he used to love driving it. So, yeah, so he's got... He, he so we've got a few things happening there, and he said, you know what, I'll swing by, I'll pick you up from Katoomba, we'll go down to Bathurst for the day, 
pack a picnic, sit on the hill, watch all the cars crash into each other, have a good time. Wow. So that's kind of my Easter Saturday, wow. man. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh, that'll be nice, Beautiful. mate. That'll be lovely. Hey. Well, I'm going to hopefully you? teach... Well, I'm going to teach my daughter, hopefully, how to, how to service her own car. I'm going to teach her how to... You call a mechanic and drop it I'm off. I'm going to teach you how to change the oil, change the filters, uh, and we're going to do that together. So I've told wow. him to bring some clothes up, and I thought, you know, that'll be um, yeah, that'll be something cool that she could absolutely. learn in case anything happened when she's on her own one day. You know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. So I think it's a good little skill to have. It'll be a bit of a, a journey. So next week, I'm really excited to say we've got uh, local. Uh, Indigenous elder, uh, Gundungurra mob, uh, David King coming back on. And uh, uh, Bodie, of course, knows David. He's, um, he's, he's right up there with one of the greatest men I've ever met, David. I, I love him. And so the King's back on... Uh, it's been uh, it's got to be 18 months since we've seen him, it's or two good, years. A good long uh, time. He's been a busy man. He has yeah. been. He's doing some terrific things in the community up here. And he's just such a warm, welcoming, kind Absolutely. person, is David. So do tune in next week. Um, and uh, but man, thanks, Brendan. Uh, you know, it's been wonderful to have you on, mate. We should get back, get you back on again later in the year. We can perhaps talk about some things because we've really talked about some really uh, relevant topics today. Relevant, exactly right. And uh, I appreciate it touches everyone, man. Yeah, you know. And the, the funny thing is, people might tune into you show, your show that tune into my show. I wouldn't even know. Um, but maybe it's just given them a little extra knowledge about what I'm all about and what's been yeah. going on. So yeah, sure. You and know. your show's on Saturdays at 6? Yep, 6 till God knows when. Depends yeah, how much preparation knows. I've done. He gets stuck into it. <laughs> it's a men's mental health show. Uh, big thanks again to all manufacturing personnel. Uh, give us a call on 0404 077 666 or 0416 700 870. Anyway, I think so. Spillo literally looked at the ceiling then. When <laughs> yeah, he was the number's not on the roof. Uh, but the, thanks very much and also to Mounties and uh, for everyone that uh, does tune in and just uh, remember to be kind and let's not judge people. Let's not be quick to judge. All exactly right? That's right. A, a really good message that we're, we're walking away from. Thanks very much, Thank guys. Um, and we'll see you next week on the Men's Mental Health Show. Sweet as, pal.